Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Also, be sure to check out our merchandise store, too. The Dolphins square off against the Tennessee Titans this Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium. We have a special guest with us to take a look at the opposing sideline. We're joined by Zach Lyons, one of the hosts of the podcast Football and Other F-Words a weekly podcast covering NFL topics with a focus on the Tennessee Titans. Be sure to give them a subscribe and listen. They do a great job over there, unless you're a Jaguars fan, because Zach says they're the worst. So They they are definitely the worst. I don't know if you all have a lot of run-ins with the people from Duval, but they're definitely the worst fans. (laughs) We feel the same way about the Bills, Jets, and uh, Patriots. So, uh, Zach, (laughs) tell us us a a little about yourself. And what what you've got going on over there? Well, uh, we're all from Nashville, and we're four friends who started the podcast really just as a fantasy football podcast for our fantasy league. It was me and another guy named who goes by Mr. Lebowski, and we just basically turned it into a whole show in production. And then people started listening to it, girlfriends started listening to it, neighbors, and even though it was just about our fantasy league, they were like, well, you should do a Titans fantasy or Titans podcast. And so we were like, well, we got the time and, you know, we love the Titans and we love the NFL. So um, we added on a few people of our crew. We actually have uh, our producer, DJ EJ, is an actual producer in Nashville doing a lot of record music and stuff. And then uh, we also have a guy that writes for Music City Miracles, which is an SB Nation fan site. His nickname is Mike Miracles, and his brother is our actual host host. But uh, we all just kind of get together. We drink and talk about Titans. And we, we we do a little bit of casual talk, but we really do deep dive into stats and film breakdown and stuff like that. And uh, we started during draft season, so we really got into a lot of the draft picks. And people that may not know all the players got to learn a little bit about 
certain players that we thought would fit the Titans. Very good. So the Titans were nine and seven last year, and they got into the playoffs, pulled off the upset over the Chiefs, lost in the second round to, I believe, the Patriots. This offseason, they add Deion Lewis, Malcolm Butler, Benny Logan, Kenny Vaccaro. And in the draft, they had a smaller draft of, with four players, notably Harold Landry and Rashad Evans in the second and the first round. What is the overall feeling in Tennessee with the Titans right now? Well, it's it's a mixed bag over here in Tennessee. Um, here in Tennessee, we've we've had our heart broken a lot. We've had uh, we've had players come and go, players with promise and never fulfill it. So it's it's a sense of tre- uh, trepidation, and there's a lot of cautious optimism here. And but if you ask me, and I always have high hopes. I'm a fan. The fan short for fanatic. I am looking at a team that could easily go 13 and three at the worst 10 and six that's definitely going to win the division i just think we have thoroughly improved our whole team and i'm really looking forward to what's going to happen on on week one i'm looking forward to this game we are we are just ready for it and obviously the most important player is marcus mariota your quarterback last year a little over 3200 passing yards 13 touchdowns 15 interceptions not a great statistical year passing, but also had over 300 yards rushing and five touchdowns. They switched offensive coordinators this year from Ken Wisenhut to Matt LaFleur. How do you think that's going to change the offense, and how does the offense in general look as we head into week one? Well, the offense in general was looking a little banged up. Um, what you're going to see, though, is the most important thing is an open playbook. Now, we haven't seen that in the preseason, and I did listen to your all's last podcast, and you all were talking a lot about what you saw was good and everything off of preseason game three versus the Ravens. Well, our preseason game three did not go as well, and a lot of people, again, pressed the panic button. They were very worried about it. But y'all just signed uh, Luke Falk, so I, you may have heard the yes, story coming out of here after y'all, after y'all signed him that Matt LaFleur came out, our offensive coordinator, and said, Hey, I've been burned in the past by letting players go to get put on the practice squad, practice squad and get picked up by the other teams, and they learn a lot. We have not opened up the full playbook, everything that he's learned. Now, whether that's him blowing smoke, you know, we don't know. That could just be false. I've never heard someone come out and just say that unprompted, so I have to take a little bit of truth into it. But throughout the whole preseason, everybody has forgotten in Tennessee – We've been without Jack Conklin. We've been without Delaney Walker, and we've been out without Rashard Matthews on offense. That's huge for us. Now that we got everybody back, what you can expect to see is something where routes and the play calling by Matt LaFleur gets our wide receivers open. We've always had a problem with Mike Malarkey, Ken Wisenhunt, Munchak. I mean, dating back years, maybe even a decade, where our offensive coordinators – They had their plan. You either had to get open or you didn't get open. They didn't create space and they didn't create openness. And our receivers who supposedly had the physical attributes didn't have the mental aspect down. And I think we lacked a lot in the wide receiver route or route receiver uh, department. So here you're going to see a little bit different, a lot of Rams, a lot of zone blocking scheme. If you're really interested in what you could possibly see, I would watch the 2016 season of the Falcons versus the Seahawks towards the end of the year where the Falcons drove 99 yards to score a touchdown and win the game. The reason I point that one out 
is because it's basically the same formation all the way down the field, except for there's different play calls out of the one formation getting wide receivers open. That's mm-hmm. what you're going to see come Sunday is one formation being used to run multiple plays out of it, whether it's crossing patterns, runs, tosses, play action. It's going to be very, very fun to watch, and we are really looking forward to the offense. And the Titans also added Deion Lewis in the offseason, as I said before. How do you see the carries being divided up between Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis as that one-two punch? I think it's going to come down to what is what's going on in the game. Everybody's knock on Derrick Henry is that he can't pass protect. That kind of showed up in the preseason here and there, but he can catch out of the backfield just as well as Deion Lewis. And a lot of people hear Deion Lewis, oh, he's a scat back. I mean, he's our third down back. Deion, you all should know better than anybody, Deion Lewis can run up the middle into the into the trenches and come out on the other side 30 yards down the field, shedding about five or six tacklers on the way. I mean, you all have seen it. I've seen it because I've had Deion Lewis on fantasy teams. It's going to be pretty much keep the defense guessing, or what does the game plan dictate? I do think that Derrick Henry is going to outcarry and outperform by year's end. It may not be game by game, but by year's end, he'll he'll be the clear number one running back stat-wise. Not necessarily what has happened on the field or snap count, but stat-wise, he will be the number one running back. Now, moving on to the defensive side of the ball, we've got uh, the, you know, the Titans, like we said, added Rashawn Evans in the first round, Harold Landry in the second round to join a front seven that's got a lot of uh, veteran ability with Brian Arakbo, Jarrell Casey, Wesley Woodyard, Derek Morgan in the front seven. Give us a rundown of the defensive side of the ball, what we can expect on Sunday. Well, if if you're looking at from a Dolphins fan perspective, I, I think that if if I was a Dolphins fan and I was looking at this team coming in, I worry about the defensive backfield. We have Kevin Byard, Adoree Jackson. We have uh, uh, Logan Ryan in the slot. And we also have Malcolm Butler on the outside. And we still have Kenny Vaccaro, who came in for an injured Cyprian, and a lot of people will say we love Cyprian. Vaccaro's probably an upgrade. And so I, if if I were you guys, that's where I would be looking. Our, we have a nice front seven. We have, if Morgan is there and Arakpo's there, two great edge rushers. Our inside linebackers are okay. They, we have uh, Wesley Woodyard, who has been in the league for 11 years. We have Will Compton, who is one of those guys that, I don't know if y'all have had one of these players lately, but he's a great locker room guy. But if you're being realistic about it, he's not a great, the best player at that position. Mm-hmm. And then we, of course, have Jarrell Casey, very underappreciated and underrated. Daquan Jones and then a Benny Logan slash Austin Johnson uh, kind of swapping in and out that nose tackle. But you got Malcolm Butler, you have Adoree Jackson, and you have Logan Ryan. And when you look at all those three guys, and I'm not here to diss the opposing team by you know by any means. Oh, go but, for it. But I'm looking at your all's wide receivers, and it's Kenny Stills. Devontae Parker was ruled out today. Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, and Danny Amendola, which I think are y'all planning because Jakeem Grant, I know practice today, but he's coming off concussion. Is it going to be Stills and Wilson on the outside, or is it going to be? Amendola on the outside and Wilson in the slot. That's yeah, what know, I'm Kenny kind of Stills wondering. Is, 
Kenny Stills actually is has graded out as one of the higher slot guys in the league over the last couple of years. You wouldn't think so because he's always been typecast as an outside receiver, but right. yeah, he, uh, you should see him in the slot. You should see Amendola in the slot. Albert Wilson is really going to take Devontae Parker's spot in this game. You'll see Jakeem Grant too. He's going to be more of a guy you slip out there for 15 to 20 carries. Mike Gusecki, also the Dolphins' second-round tight end, you're going to see out there matched up against some cornerbacks on the outside, too, because he does have that wide receiver-type body. So their strategy is to go with a lot of quantity uh, after losing Jarvis Landry. That, that's where the receiver core stands heading into this game. Yeah, and, and I also look at it because I also look at what Malcolm Butler did just when he was one-on-one with Kenny last year and then Wilson also who was with the Chiefs last year. Wilson went one for one for one yard, but Stills over two games went two for seven of 14 yards. So to me, that that's going to be, that's probably, no offense, the biggest mismatch on the field. And But when you look at your defense, I think your defense has the biggest mismatch on the field on the interior defensive line versus our interior offensive line. So I think it's going to be a fun back and forth. It could end up being a lot lower scoring game than what people are probably predicting because you got Ryan Tannehill coming back who hasn't been playing for a little bit. And then you have us on a new offense and new defense. It, it, it may not be the prettiest game come Sunday, but I, it could be a lot lower scoring than what everybody thinks. I agree. Last year it was a 16 to 10 game, but then again, Matt Castle was your quarterback. In that contest, I believe it was the only game that Mariota missed. Uh, so yeah, where, you had a reality star, Jay Cutler. That's right. Oh gosh, those. Yeah. Thank God those days are <laughs> over. So, what do you think the Titans are going to have to do this Sunday to win? Well, I think the main thing is they're going to have to hold Kenyon Drake. Like I said, we have Will Compton starting on the inside linebacker. He's taken over for Avery Williamson. Avery Williamson was any anybody with eyeballs can tell you was horrendous in pass coverage one of the worst linebackers, but he was stout in the run game. So our run defense is going to have to lock, lock down one of the probably most dynamic towards the end of the year last year uh, running backs in Kenyon Drake. If we cannot shut him down by allowing man-on-man coverage with your all's wide receivers and allowing our linebackers just to focus on the quarterback, who is, you know, Ryan Tannehill is pretty athletic, and um, Kenyon Drake, then if we let those two run run free, then you, this could spell doom. The next thing is Jack Conklin, who is limited in practice. He's off the pup. I don't think he should play play this weekend. Now, mm-hmm. whether he can or not, I, I I mean that's up to them to decide. But if if I was a coach, we have Houston coming up, and they have a, a bevy of pass rushers that pretty much line up on the right side, we're going to need him fully healthy. So if we have Dennis Kelly over on the right tackle, it's going to be all about stopping Cameron Wake. If we can't stop him, it's going to be a long day for Marcus. And I know y'all mentioned uh, something about having trouble with mobile quarterbacks. And yes, Marcus is athletic, but they're you know not necessarily wanting him to be mobile. So the big thing is, is giving Marcus enough time and do that, we're going to have to throw some chip blocks and draw in probably an extra tight end because there's no way Dennis Kelly, unless Cameron Wake starts playing his age, is going to you know be able to handle Cameron one-on-one. Absolutely, the big, the, and the, the Dolphins are a little bit deep on that at D 
defensive end after Wake, too. So the big question, this one is right. when it's 90 degrees outside, who's going to be able to rotate more and more fresh bodies out? Is it going to be the Titans or is it going to be the Dolphins? Before we get to our predictions here, what questions do you think Titans fans might have uh, for Dolphins hosts like us? Well, I, I think one of them is going to be what what is Minka Fitzpatrick so far in the offseason? Because the big knock on him was he he's supposed to be a number one cornerback, but I'm an Alabama fan. He can play in the slot and he can play safety. And y'all talked that he played in the Ravens game a lot of three three safety sets. Is that the game plan going forward with Mika Fitzpatrick? It is. In fact, he should be playing in those roles moving forward. I don't see any scenario really where he's going to be an outside boundary cornerback. He'll be a free safety and in the slot. And the Dolphins have the opportunity to put Minka, Rashad Jones, and TJ McDonald out in the field. And so far, Minka has looked phenomenal in that role. He's a little bit of a different player because typically when you draft somebody 11th overall and they're listed as a cornerback, you expect them to be shutting down receivers from day one. But he's going to be more of a movable chess piece as we continue to go along here. Yeah, and that that was one of the big things I've always liked about him is that he had to be employed right. And when I heard that after y'all drafted him, there was a lot of talk of him going to the outside. And I'm like, no. I mean, if right. that's what they're going to do, they're they're in for a long, long haul. What's the Frank Gore, Kenyon Drake dynamic going to be like? I mean, it's kind of a similar situation in that you have two running backs. And Frank Gore, I mean, he's had, what, a thousand plus yards for like 10 straight years or something like that. What is going to be what, – what's his game plan going forward and using him? The word that Adam Gase is putting out there is that it's going to be 50-50 between Drake and Gore. I don't believe that simply because Drake's talent level is so significantly higher than Gore's, especially at this stage in his career. You know, it's kind of two ways on that is, number one, Drake has never – Drake has touched the ball, and you know this because you're an Alabama fan – He's touched the ball 446 times in his last six years, dating back to his freshman year at Alabama. So there's one side that we're not positive he can handle dialing that up to 300 to 350 touches a year. So there has to be somebody splitting time with him. But it would be a real big disappointment if we came from this Titans game and Drake had 13 carries and Gore had 13 carries. I think you're going to see that weighted way heavier toward Kenyon Drake. Are y'all comfortable where your linebacker position is at right now? I mean, to be honest, I know Kiko Alonso, and that's it. When I was looking at the depth chart and hearing you all talk names, I really don't know any of the linebackers. So what what is that situation? And then I also saw that Akeem Spence made the team over the Langford kid, and I thought he, Langford was going to make it. So what is Akeem Spence? To answer your question about linebackers, no, we're yeah. not happy at right now. <laughs> Kiko Alonso had a terrible 2017 and you know the only reason he's on the team is because he was signed to an extension in the summer before that for way too much money Raekwon McMillan is back has never played for the Dolphins before because he tore his ACL last year looked a little bit rough at the beginning but started to come on a little bit later and then you've got Chase Allen and the third-round pick, Jerome Baker, and that's pretty much it. You know, one thing that does offset it, though, is with those three safety looks, you're going to see a lot more two-linebacker alignments 
as opposed to three linebackers or in the Titans case, because they run a three, four, four linebackers with you guys. The, uh, and then to Keem Spence, uh, I know y'all, y'all's ends are really good. Then the defensive tackle, interior defensive tackle, is the Keem Spence someone that we need to be taking advantage of? Because, I mean, y'all were kind of throwing him on, under the bus or giving him bad grades through the preseason. We did, and uh, I'm, we'll stick to those grades, too. I mean, uh, it came Spence yeah. came over. He's never been a great player, and we think that he's been significantly outplayed by Jordan Phillips and Davin Gotcha. He's a rotational D-tackle at best, and that's really where the mismatch, to me, lies with the Titans-Dolphins is you guys can not only run the ball up the middle with two running backs, but you also have Mariota that can move, too. And if they pound away, pound away, pound away, then do a play action, now Mariota's got the field open. I mean, it was kind of the same thing two years ago when the Titans beat the Dolphins 30-17. to 17. So they have to be stout, more stout up the middle than we anticipate, or else Titans are just going to pound away. So what is your prediction? How do you see this game ending up? Well, earlier in the week, I, or last week, I was thinking, okay, 28-17 Titans. And then the more I think about the defense and how they're, they kind of matched up, and a lot of Titans fans, like I said, are very wary, wary of the game. I mean, I am not necessarily that, that worried about it, but it is the first game of the year. I'm kind of leaning towards maybe a 21-17 barely win Titans game. There you have it. 21-17 to 17 is our prediction. We are joined here. By Zach Lyons, who's been kind enough to join us from the podcast Football and Other F-Words. Be sure to look them up on the internet, subscribe to them, smash that like button. They'd very much appreciate it. I'm sure they're going to have a breakdown of this game over there, too. And you can join us on the Fin side here at, on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, all over the internet. Be sure to check out our merchandise store as well. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.